we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. I don't ever bring you guys around me like Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, what a road is. I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast, part of the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here with my co-host. Matthew. How are you, Eddie? I'm good. It's early. It is early. We have a new <laughs> recording time. It's not that bad, though. No, but it's essential because we're very busy. Got a lot going on. How's week two going so far for you? Week two in New York City is fantastic. I'm having so much fun. We've done so much. We did something on... Was it Tuesday? Tuesday or Thursday? It was Tuesday because today is Friday. No, today's Thursday. <laughs> today's Thursday. <laughs> I'm all mixed up. Well, they're listening to this on Friday. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. You're in Friday. We're in Thursday. Some time travel here. Yeah, time warp. But we did something on Tuesday that we can't talk about yet. But it was so fun. It was Bravo related and we had a blast. It was it was an experience to say the least. So yeah. we'll be able to give you more details on that next week. Yes. Because we can't say anything yet. Yeah. It's super secret and super special. But we had a great time. Hopefully we'll be able to go again. Hopefully. I in, think we will. In many capacities. Yes. <laughs> you might know what we're hinting at, but it was great. We had a great so time. And yeah, I think you're handling week two very well. You know, some snafus with your apartment, but other than that... Just everything is delayed. Every, but I understand, like, the ports are delayed. It's not my fault. No, it's, it's not, no, fault. not it's anyone's glo- fault. No, it's, it's a, global a global delay thing. in terms so, of shipping. So yeah, I know. have a bed, and that's all that matters. Right. I don't have any electrical appliances for the kitchen, because that... No, the power's out yeah. on your wall, but hey, <laughs> electrician's coming. We're getting that fixed. You know, just having uh, my New York moment. Again, in terms of first experiences moving to New York and... And all that, I feel like you are still having a pretty like positive experience. No, it's just fantastic. based on my experience, based on my other uh, friends' experiences. Like I think you're doing okay. You know, always land on my feet. Okay, yeah. We need to talk before we get into Housewives. Something that brightened my week, and that was the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip trailer. It was lo- dropped. Looks better than I thought it was going okay. to. I only have one problem with it. What? Do you really? Or is this a joke? No, they okay, stole our intro. <gasps> oh, I know. We had friends that texted both of us. Yeah. And sent us the trailer and said they stole our intro. And I, we were both like, wait, wait, what? Watching it, though, it does sound a lot like the intro we use on this podcast. I mean, basically, they took their, like, craziest screaming moments and linked them together and then mashed them together at the end before it goes Ultimate Girls Trip. And I was like, hmm, someone, sounds familiar. Is someone listening from that producing team? Honestly, I feel like Bra- someone from Bravo, like, is like poaching from us. Yeah. They've got to be. They've got to be. They have to. Which is fine. Just like give, give us, us the, yeah, yeah. Give, give us, us a shadow, the perks. Give yeah. us a tag on a post. Like, I don't even need money. I just need like no, access. recognition and <laughs> just, credit. That's yes. all we want. I just want <laughs> access to all of the Bravo Labs. Uh, well, a lot happened this week, specifically with Beverly Hills. I think we'll just highlight some things that we loved about the other cities, but then we'll really get to the nitty gritty. Like part one of the reunion was... So good. And we have three more parts. You know, a good four-parter. It's so exciting to me to be able to... I feel like I'm watching it earlier here, even though I'm not. No, but you are a little bit. You're watching it on the East Coast time. And so by the time that you're going to bed and you've already watched it, everyone on the West Pacific Coast. Coast time is watching it. Why did I ever have it any differently? I don't know. I don't know. 
We do have to wait for some things, though. That's the opposite. You know, that's the um the double-edged sword of it all, is that we have to wait for some things to be released. You know, like SNL doesn't come out on Hulu until noon, our time. So where do you want to start this week? Let's start with Potomac. Okay. What did you think? Okay. <clears throat> Potomac has a problem called Candace, and that's all I got to say. It's really a bummer because I was really starting to like her again. She was really growing on me. But then we, you know, we picked up right where we left off last week with this stupid fight. It's just, Candace is just sitting there crying because she was disrespected. I don't know. It's all so bizarre. I, should, I, I mean, feel really bad for Mia. I love it. All the girls like moving shit out of the way because you've got Mia breaking that porcelain little, you know, plate. Tray, and then yeah. you have... Candace like slapping around these like weird statue things that are on the yeah, counter. Yeah, I was like, why are they breaking? And then Ashley Descala just like jump in, just start moving things out of the yeah, way. Yeah, they're like, okay, we got to clear. Well, the some table. of them were like, we've lived through this already. Yeah. We were there last year, so we're not doing that again. Part two. Yeah, Candace is an instigator. I fully now am like, she's just trying to pick fights, but she's like, she threw salad at me, and even Chris was like, well, you threw the leaves first, so you threw the salad. At her, but I'm glad that she. I mean, I'm glad Candace actually even acknowledged that she started it because I was afraid she was going to be like Mia just is out of control. She's just, yeah. But I'm, I, you know, I'm glad at least that Candace admitted. Oh no, I threw stuff at her first. But and she just can't stop running her mouth. Like she's like, Candace. What if she's like? What if I have a story about feeling low budget? Like she has a story about her mother. What if I have a story about feeling low budget? She doesn't know my story. Like, she doesn't know me. Such a the pimp and the concubine. It like was so come on. Weird. Also watching. <laughs> Watching Chris, I also, I do love Chris. I think he did a great job, like, removing her from the situation yeah. immediately and trying to, like, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's I, He said something like, this is what children do as she's literally sitting on his lap. He literally has to treat her like a toddler. It's, it's ridiculous. Biz- people, I don't get people who act like that, who just get so childish. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like grow up. Like, you need to understand, like he said, be the better person. Ignore it. Yeah. Just, you know, be quiet Walk and be away. like, whatever. Yeah, get get out of the situation. You don't have to start a fight every time. No. Well, and I, I'm i definitely team Mia on this one. Although, Same. you know, it's so funny. Mia, one moment, will have this really beautiful, heartfelt moment where she's got tears in her eyes and she's it's very real and raw. And then she'll go, I make $450,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, she was like, it's so... I appreciate Escala bringing it home. For everyone, like in that moment, you know, she was really trying to be like, oh, so Mia, why do you feel the need to bring up business and money all the time? It's because you feel like you didn't get that all the time. And the Mia just goes, no, I'm just a boss bitch and I'm fucking proud of it. Yeah. She's like, okay, cool. I'm going to walk away. Now. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> so I was like, I tried. I do love, I do love a skull. I think she's going to slowly become kind of the voice of reason for this entire group of ladies. Why do we think they didn't give her a, in Potomac, what is it? They don't have anything. They don't have anything? No, it's like the cherry blossom. It's no, they, ch- they had, I thought they had champagne glasses. Did they oh, not? they might have champagne glasses. Or whatever. Why didn't they give her a glass or a cherry blossom, whatever it is? Because um, she's great. And I she's don't pretty know. much a full-timer. Maybe her husband's like, I'm, Dre's like, I'm not doing this. Well, maybe they have the full-time cast already. They only brought on Mia this season. Because Mia is more of like lead character than Escala. And she, yeah, she's having more conflicts. And Escala is Robin's friend, but it doesn't seem like she's hanging out with Robin at all. But yeah, I, that whole group setting when they're all talking to Mia, Ashley just has to get her fingers. Like it's see, it's becoming more and more clear why Ashley is getting in cahoots with the green eyed bandits because she is just as messy as them. When she's like, 
she always goes there below the belt. Like she's just adding her two cents well, into I the think conversation. She's just she, I think, is truly just fed up with the fact that Candace doesn't take any responsibility or accountability for the things that she's done. Yet yeah, crucifies people yeah. for the harms that they've done to her. And I think it's a buildup. But yeah, oh no, Ashley is the messiest. I mean, we'll get to it in a second. But she totally ruined a otherwise pretty pleasant dinner uh, yeah. by bringing up stuff with Candace and Chris. Although Candace and Chris. Candace specifically took it to another level. But before we get to that, I just wanted to make one comment about Gordon. He's gross, man. I I don't I, know. I said G wants the grand D because he was licking his lips, looking at Karen Huger. And she was like, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm renewing my vows for my 25th <laughs> year anniversary. She's like, I oh, don't need this. By the way, are we surprised at all that Karen didn't know what tossing salad or teabagging was? I'm personally not surprised at all. I mean, I was more surprised that you didn't know what tossing salad was. Okay, it's not so. But here's the thing: it's not that like I didn't know. It's just I didn't care. People brought it up, and I'm like, oh, that's a weird, gross sex thing. I really don't care to know what that means, and I still don't get what it has. And, and let's we're not we'll, we will not bring it up on the podcast. But <laughs> I still don't understand what ha- that has anything to do with what it actually means. You know what I mean? I know what it means. And I'm like, what the correlation there? And you explained it to me. You literally read me the origin story of it last night. Like completely dead face. And you're like, how can you just, I'm like, how can you just say that? Like, that makes no sense. It doesn't, there's no logic to that. And you're talking, you're like, the sky is blue. The grass is green and tossing salad means this. And I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> make sense. Two plus two does not equal four. It does though. Okay. We're not going to get, gonna into, get it, into it because like, it's vulgar talk for the podcast. But. I mean, it's it has the, the phrase has nothing to do with the action. So it's, that's what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. And I, when I first heard it, I literally think in fifth grade, I was like, I know that this is a gross sex thing or this has to do with something. Well, and it's actually not gross, but <laughs> this has to do with something sex. And it and I just don't care. I don't care. And that's just how I lived my life until literally yesterday <laughs> when I was like, like literally you're like, well, what is it like? What does it mean? And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Because I, but again, I'm not like embarrassed. I'm just like, I, I never no, cared I know. to find out. I, I never know. cared. I know. Never cared. I'm just a cur- I'm, I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm curious about is what, oh, okay. Transition. What Mia, <laughs> what, Mia what? <laughs> what Mia did oh. in two hours for $10,000. Okay, there we go. Good transition. Um, I mean, but that's the thing is I, A, I say Mia, do whatever the hell you want to do. Number one, number two, I'm so sure that that probably started out as like a, you know, a client, um, yeah, patron, a patron relationship, whatever. But, uh, I'm sure that he did start paying her just to spend quality time with her and just to talk to her. I'm sure that that was part of the story. I'm sure it grew and evolved into what it is now. Cause then they, they oddly fit in a weird way. You know, we're seeing shades yeah. of cordon that I don't really love, but the more that they spend time together, the more I go, Oh, I get it. And I understand the two of them in a weird way again, but Gordon is weird. Yeah. Okay. But him passed out in the, in the cab or the van on the way to dinner is such a vibe yeah, on but also, vacation. And <laughs> before we get to the, you know, the dinner, I just, of course, Giselle and Robin ended up showing up. You know, the producers were like, Oh my gosh, sorry, we didn't girls, even talk you about guys that. Cannot miss this trip. That's bullshit. You're coming on this trip. Neither of you was that upset. Relax. Let's, but also, what really pissed me off was the fact that like you two both said you weren't coming and then you guys showed up unannounced and then you're upset 
that you got that a you don't have room. five star accommodations. Like, I what is your problem? And I Robin, though, at Robin, being oh. like, I'm already looking up hotels. <laughs> she does not do well when she is on her period. Oh, she was like full on in sweat. She's like, I'm not engaging with anyone. She's I'm like, I'm going thing. to claw your eyes out if you look at me wrong. And I, but I appreciate, and I, I love her for being like, I'm owning it. I will fucking murder you if you look at me sideways. I'm having my period. I'm just, I'm in a rage. But then. Did she get it on the way there? Like, why did you come? I guess the producers was like, "You're, we're, we're paying you," and there, she, you know, a, she wanted to go on a cast trip. You must show up, you know. But she, they were, they were honestly as much as I get annoyed by them. I thought it was like ridiculous to the point of being funny that they were just so upset about the accommodations. I know, and everyone coming in to see Giselle as she puts her like foot on like the. Ottoman or whatever. It was like a bookshelf. Yeah, or Candace something. fills them in, and then now she comes in with shots to break the ice. Because oh um, I thought Wendy handled that well too, just being really nice and smiling. Like I'm she glad was you're like, here. Well, welcome, I'm welcome. Yeah, she was and like she's just pushing past all of just. There's a bathroom rudeness. downstairs. Yeah, <laughs> but yes. Then we get to Gordon falling asleep in the van. We get to Robin being miserable in the van. I I'm, also loved when we get to the restaurant, and there's this, you know, table of men table of women come to find out that they're table of husbands and wives and the husbands send shots to the you know Potomac table but not to the women it was just that whole dynamic was really fun I thought we were in for like a more fun and bright pleasant night in that world and then it turns left very quickly yeah so Candace versus Ashley and this starts off kind of with Chris being trying to like mend fences and say you know I like how everyone can come together and become friends. Like you guys are friends at the end of the day. I loved how earlier in the episode, no one was around and Chris just wanted to take an opportunity to congratulate Ashley on yes, her newborn. That was beautiful. He, Chris is such a nice guy. Yes. I just don't, you know, and I wish Ashley would have just taken that in more because I don't think she would have come for him so hard at the dinner table. Yeah. Had she absorbed that earlier moment a little deeper yeah because she basically is like well if you want to talk about like making amends and being cool with people like you've said things about my husband and it was like one thing and then candace has to jump and be like well your husband said things about my man and then we see the clips of michael just wasted at the engagement party yeah it's tough because like i i agree with chris that he's only sort of reacted to when Michael yes. has come for him. But then I agree with Ashley, like that some of the things that Candace has said go even below the belt of where Michael was. It's like this weird, you know, like trifecta yeah. like or quadrant of like pain and hate between the four of them. Chris, I think is the most innocent one of them. I feel like the most guilty parties in my opinion are Candace and Michael. I feel like yes. they're the instigators and yes. the opposite spouse has well, to be the one that kind of yeah. fights back. Cause Ashley, I don't, I really don't think Ashley goes below the belt. I think that she can get a little intense and she'll retaliate, but she doesn't lose her cool. Really? She kind of keeps a level head and, and Michael she just gets blackout drunk and will say whatever he wants to say. And Candace, like, I'm sorry, calling them a slave and their slave master, slave driver. Like that's so fucked up. That was very below, but that's Candace. It's, she's so, below the belt but her then, being like turn on find your friends find your man like, like well, then, and Candace and Chris then get kind of intense because like Chris just wants to like remove her from the situation then Candace just gets like angry and physical and then she manages to also diss Mia in the middle of all of it like no that's your friend like 
she's got to reel it in on the anger. Yeah, something's going on. I think part of me is going to say, I think she's very stressed about the album, putting it all together, <laughs> and she just Shut doesn't know where to channel oh that energy. God. Get out of here. This is not like an artist. Like, I can't drive back on that, please, if you would. Um, oh, but God, when she was like telling me to behave and calling um Gordon her benefactor, like it's so gross. Like Candace knows better. And I loved, I think the perfect like quote to wrap that wrapped up the episode was when Karen was like, this is the pissing contest. Everybody's running out of urine. It's like, <laughs> what? I mean, a yes, but B what the fuck Karen wild. It was a good episode. I, how many more weeks are we in the Chesapeake? Like one or two? Is this a couple episodes? This was day one. I know. So we we're, we have a couple more. I episodes, I think we have right? a couple more episodes on this trip. Okay, good. Which is wild because we I, I cannot believe it's only day one and this is night one. The fight that's crazy. These yeah. women give it to us. Well, to be fair, half the group is wasted. Well, only they've been drinking like, all day. all day except for like Ashley, Karen, and Giselle. And Robin, but Robin is well. Like, uh, you mean let's but Robin? Be real. Is Ashley's miserable. been drinking. She's been bringing shots to everyone. Oh yeah, like don't, don't. No, no, no. But like the other group was there hours before she was. Yes, like she's trying to catch up, I suppose. Yeah. Should we uh, move over to Salt Lake? Let's go to Salt. I gotta Lake tell City. you, every time I watch Salt Lake and I just see how beautiful and snowy it is, I'm like, why don't I live there? Oh my gosh, you would. It's I'd, so beautiful. I there. don't think you would be. Tan from Queer Eye lives there. I don't think you would like Salt Lake City. I think it look. I think you would love to visit Salt Lake City, but I don't think you'd want to live in Salt Lake City. Like one day when I'm, you know, killing it in my career and I have a, all the money in the world, I can maybe buy a place there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll think about it. But I do You're love, like I'm over this. <laughs> but I do love the access to the slopes. That looks really fun. Just to go skiing. I think every that's time. what it is. It's like that's super yeah. cool because I've, I've literally been skiing once in my life when I was ten, and I really want to go again. Oh my god! And I think that that is sort of what I'm yearning I for. I want to get back into skiing. I was a skier, then I snowboarded. We're not going to go through my um, snow sports past, but I I do love the snow, and I love Salt Lake City. Yeah, that's the thing. This episode was so great, even though not a lot happened. I still just, I really enjoyed checking in on these women, even Lisa, who I don't like very much. She really does live in her own world, though. Like, come give me, give me that. The morning after, it did seem like she. What a waste of a Gucci outfit. Yeah, she just, she, <laughs> she just, I, I, I do appreciate her. I'm going to say I do appreciate her husband kind of like challenging her on things that she says. He's a good guy. He he kind of sees the light at the end of the tunnel because he's like me and Whitney's husband are becoming buds. What is it that you two have an issue with at all? And it finally boils down to Lisa's like, well, I don't think I actually have a problem. I think I was just retaliating in essence to what Whitney was bringing to the table, Yeah, which, which now looking back on it, season one, we saw the flashback of Whitney being like, well, I just think you don't like me. Like, I think you ignore me. And she's like, well, I don't, I, I don't not like you. I don't even think about you. Like you don't, I don't care about you enough to not like you, which is a line from Vanderpump rules, which I think was Lisa just trying to be like, okay, well you came at me. Like, let's start something. We're filming the show. Like this is real housewives. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And I think it just boiled like over. And Whitney now has this animosity towards Lisa. Cause she's like, Lisa came for me, but Lisa's like, you were the one who tried to make me look bad in front of everyone at this group dinner. See, I don't see that way. I'm not, I, I, I think Lisa genuinely just 
doesn't like Whitney, has never liked her. I think she's passed a lot of judgment on Whitney and her marriage and Whitney's marriage and how that all shook out. Okay. And I think that she'd rather not be associated with her. I think she's now forced to be because she was on the show. Yeah. And I think that Whitney was like, okay, we're on a show together now. I'm going to bring this stuff up because we've been in the same social circles and she's treated me a very certain specific way. Heather felt the same way. And they like brought it up on the show. And okay. Lisa yeah. probably didn't like that and probably wasn't expecting that. So me now, like defending Lisa Barlow. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Like it's, I think that's part of the problem is that if Lisa would just start by being like, yeah, I hold some prejudices and some biases and um, some judgments on Whitney um, and I don't know why I don't want to admit it, but I do. And like, if I think if you start there, then you'll eventually get to like maybe getting over that and getting to why you might may that you might like them and might want to hang out with them. Yeah. So I, you know, because even Lisa was talking it out loud during the in the scene with her husband, and she was I thought she was kind of figuring out like, oh, I think I've been the one in the wrong here. But then she literally was like. No, never mind. And literally just kind of flipped back to no, yeah. I'm right. Whitney's wrong. Moving on. It, and I think that's why her husband was smiling, being like, I don't think she's, he, I don't think you're hearing yourself right now. I think you need to like make up with her. So we'll get to the we'll makeup. get to the rest of it. Yeah. Did I, you, did you know that Mary knew how to cook? <laughs> Cause I did not. Okay. Is this her quarantine flex? No, I think this is her life. Like you have to understand what does she do besides once or twice a week on the weekends, go to a church and collect people's money. She has to sit in that big house all day by herself. That's why they say she, that's why her, her house is so insane. It's because all she has to do all day is freak out about the house and her kids. So of course she's going to be just like cooking and baking and like how wild and crazy and random was her entrance at Whitney's house when she's like, I've had the craziest day. Oh my goodness. I, we a woman were dying. From congregation uh, literally drove off into a neighborhood 30 feet and like tumbled over. And then Whitney's daughter goes, did she die? And Mary's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she did. It was insane. She's and like, then, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> like, goes, and then it was insane. in the same breath goes, I can't, I'm so happy to be here. What Like she literally sits down going, Oh, I'm so exhausted. What a long day I've had. Meanwhile, someone in your church literally died, died and no longer has ejected life. from the seat. Talk about perspective. <laughs> Wild. Did they survive? No, but I'm excited to be here. And then like, she'll have a wild moment like that. And then she'll give like some really good advice to Whitney. Well, that's the thing. It's just, she's all over the place. That's the thing. Mary's like, Whitney, you just got to shut up and not be so aggressive toward Lisa. And I think you guys can live in harmony. It's not gonna, it doesn't have to be this big fight. It doesn't have to be this crazy situation. Shut up and listen. And I think that's why Whitney of, just you know decides later to go to the lunch with lisa i think that something that mary says really resonates with her and goes you know what i need to like kind of talk this out with lisa um quick little footnote congrats to heather's daughter for getting into ucsb pre-biology like that's impressive yeah that's a great school that's a really i'm sure a very competitive major here she comes oh my god oh my god i used to love going so i wonder we'll we'll see if she gets in anywhere else but i feel like santa barbara is like i think that's where she's gonna go i it, she looks like a Santa Barbara girl. Also, Santa like, Barbara's beautiful. That's a great school. Why Why not? And it's, yeah, it's a ton of fun. I've, I've, I've had some good memories. <laughs> I'm, oh, God. Okay. Well, off mic. Gotta tell me about that. Okay. Before we get to Whitney and, and Lisa. Okay. Let's just quickly just, we'll just glaze over this real quick. No, we need to talk about it. I know. 
Um, gotta say, I'm really proud of you for keeping your cool. <laughs> I, okay. For talking, well, as we talk about this, um, Brooks and Jen Shaw finally had a sit down. And I'm just saying right now, as now Brooks has decided to sit down with a housewife on camera to discuss grievances, Brooks is fair game. I am going to sit here right now on the podcast and agree with you on that. And I'm going to support you. I'm giving you some support. That's, I think that we've now crossed that line that I've talked about in previous episodes about like kids, you know, being fair game or not. I think we've now crossed that line because we had a full on like mafia style sit down in a restaurant with Meredith sitting literally a foot away at the bar, texting, looking, watching the whole time. Brooks is now totally fair game. And I have to say, oh my God, he really just killed me with the whole charade and charade and act of it all. Talking to Jen about it. I thought Jen kept such a great straight face I was so impressed with her. I really can't believe that she really just said mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. And all I will say, and I'll let you just finish it out, is all I will say is I'm just glad that it's over and we never have to talk about this again until the reunion because I thought this was such a dumb fight. And I, who knows, they'll probably get rehashed again, but it was just such a wild scene. And I just hope <laughs> we never have to talk about it again. I you took it from here. I do feel bad if he feels like he was outed by Jen, but I don't think that was the case. Okay. I'll agree with that. I'll agree I, with that. I don't, I don't, I bet we also don't know the way that he felt. Yes. Which you, proud of you. This which I will, I will say isn't great. <laughs> you know, that's, that's one of the big no-nos is outing people. I've talked about it about Vanderpump Rules. Totally. I've talked about it with Summer House. And we're I all trying like, to get into a habit of not talking about someone's sexuality, especially not without the permission Exactly. In general. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's no one's business, but that person's business, which I get. But at the same time, (laughs) I was hoping he was going to just be a little more specific about certain facts and figures as to what, you know, and I, and I understand what he, you know, he was saying for my perception, it was you, it was not your team. Like you have to understand, like in real time, I'm thinking this is you doing this like that. I, I think is fair, but like I wanted more, examples i wanted more like tweets i wanted more more they don't have anything this is what i'm telling you he said all he said was the sissy bitch thing again and his mom just has the twink comment well and it's also i think that's all they have and also i think both parties jen and brooks i think they're also both just mad about the vagina comment like jen's a little just annoyed that her vagina is all it is that's and brooks is just annoyed that like her vagina talk got kind of rolled into his sexuality because comments were made about like, Oh, it doesn't matter. He doesn't like he, he's gay. It doesn't matter if a vagina's out or not. It doesn't, you know, which yeah. is also, you know, that is sort of the issue. It's not all the other tweets. It's, or, you know, supposed tweets. It's it was just that this, one moment. It's that one moment from season one. So I roll, let's just get over it and move on. And I'm so thrilled. Jen apologized for showing him her Gigi. So oh it's, my God. yeah, that, I thought that was super cute. And the two of them like immediately just like made up and we're fine. Okay. It just, Oh, okay. they, um, Jenny, before we get to Jenny, I just want to say, okay. <laughs> one more thing about Brooks. Oh, the ill fitting suit. The suit that his father was wearing, <laughs> I said, burn the Brooks Mark suit. It's literally an ill fitting wrinkly H and M fast fashion jacket that was literally about to pop at the button with a tag sewn to the front. It, it was very bizarre. 
it is I, I applaud, with a I applaud Seth for supporting his son, but like, what the fuck is that? Like that, that, that piece of fabric's going to just fall right off. I'm sorry. I mean, and, and otherwise you're just going to think it's a suit jacket from anywhere from Macy's. Like, no, it's not nice enough to even no. be Macy's. And like Macy's <laughs> isn't like knock the house down. Nice, fancy suits. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's no, it will. It, it, no, it can be. No, there are nice suits at Macy's. I'm saying it's not like Louis Vuitton or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Okay. I don't know. Okay. All I want to say before we get to Lisa and Whitney is just Jenny's got to pull it up. I'm bored. And I, I don't know why she's here. I Angie, Angie wasn't even here this episode. And Angie is bringing more heat than Jenny is. I, I, there's got to be something that's coming down the line with Jenny. I'm sure that is the reason that they gave her a snowflake. I, I, I mean, I feel like we're going to get more into her and her husband, who I do not like. He seems nope. like a shady fucking guy. No, not at all. So anyway, the Lisa and Whitney, it just, it cracked me up that Lisa was like, I just was so surprised that our husbands thought that we were friends. And Whitney's like, it's my perception that we're just not like, it's, I just, I appreciate Whitney trying to keep it real. And it was just so bizarre watching Lisa just try to lie and pretend that like, she's just being misunderstood. Well, Whitney's like, no, when you say and do these things, like how am I misunderstanding you? And Lisa's like, I just think it's a misunderstanding. Over and over and over. And, I mean, she wore Whitney down. Whitney ended up admitting, hey, I want to be your friend. And, hey, like, we should just start over. So Lisa ended up getting what she wanted without having to take any responsibility. Yeah. I, you can't spell new beginnings without gin. <laughs> I mean, the new Lisa Barlow mantra should be, I didn't mean it that way. Every th- That was after everything that she said that. Whitney came at her with was I didn't mean it that way I didn't mean it that way then be careful what you say because the way that you say things she's so monotone and dead it's gonna come off wrong it's gonna come off judgmental it's gonna come off mean well again Lisa cares a lot about her perception she cares a lot about her image and how people view her and she wants to be like of the upper echelon of of humans like you know top businesswoman whatever and that's why I think that I think that's why she's even, she doesn't care about Whitney. She just wants to make sure that she comes off like a good person trying to mend things, trying to make things better. It's why she's trying to be friends with everyone, including Jen. Like it, this is all about her. It's all about, you know, Lisa. Yeah. And it's very obvious. Again, I love her for the show, but in real life, this bitch would drive me nuts. I just want to say that, also, it's so real quick. Isn't it so weird? I thought that Lisa and her husband sold liquor and didn't drink it. Yes. But this episode, they both were drinking. Yes. That's Is a, this that, new? No, I, I thought that too. I thought, I thought they were Mormons who didn't drink, but maybe they are because she was drinking gin. She, I remember I brought this up a couple episodes ago where I was like, I thought she ordered Vita tequila in the morning at the. Yeah. And I thought I, and I, I think were, I said like, oh no, she just wanted to make her, her product. But stock. she was like drinking gin, but I don't know. But yeah, gin and pie sounds actually great. It's I, I mean, can't drink gin. I but can't like, drink gin either. I just wanted the pie. I, guess. <laughs> I wanted I wanted the pie. Yeah, but also her just ordering for both of them was hilarious. She's like, we want the PG and T. It's the premium gin and tonic. Don't worry. And I want like it's just so hilarious that she is truly a steamroller. Like we're going to talk about in VPR. But <laughs> I want to say that I think, and this is going to be like whoosh, shot in the dark. We'll see if it happens. I think that Lisa Barlow and Whitney are actually going to be like a power duo next season. 
I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I think Whitney really truly does crave Lisa Barlow's acceptance and approval more than anything. And I think when Lisa gives it to her, Lisa's going to find a new, because Jen Shaw's gone. Jen Shaw's, I don't think is going to be here. And maybe she'll be here next season, but I think Lisa's going to pick Whitney up under her wing. She has Whitney and Angie now, and she has a brand new squad. All right. So should we move on to VPR? Let's move on to VPR. Wow. What an episode. Uh, Lala is everything and just such a mess. I, I just, I, I, I totally empathize with her rage, <laughs> but I'm just amazed that she just expresses it so freely. Yeah. She was just out of control. I love her so much. I thought that was, I thought she was so hysterical freaking out about pickleball. Well, the pickleball, I thought that was such a fun thing to do. I know Randall was basically like, this is honestly just for Randall to show off (laughs) and win at something and just to get him acclimated to the group, which is fine. Like that's, that's great, but let's call it what it is. I love that they had a little good theme. You know, they love the eighties. We saw it again. They They just have. The theme is always (laughs) the eighties. I don't understand that at all. I also was dying at Lala versus Raquel and how they play where Lala was a total rage head. And then Raquel was like so graceful dainty and, dainty. and graceful. I loved Sandoval playing mind games with Katie with the whistle. That was hysterical. He's always so, so funny. But the Schwartz and Sandoval of it all frustrated me. Like, first of all, I'm team Katie. If there's a team here, it's team Katie. 100%. Yeah. Um, the Okoyono thing was fucking hysterical. Don't Okoyono me. Don't Okoyono me. That was Please amazing. Don't Okoyono. But, Yes, can Sandoval be pushy and be a pushover and steamroll? Uh, that was the favorite like word of the day yeah. this episode. Yes, but I it Schwartz has taught everyone to treat him this way. Yes, 100%. Schwartz has been a lazy piece of crap the entire time we've known him, and his charm and personality have gone him a long way. But now, when we get to brass tacks and things to get done, Sandoval's always been the one to get things done. So yes, can Sandoval be intense and steamroll? Sure, but I think it's because he just. I'm sure there have been moments in the past where he said, oh, Schwartz can handle it. Schwartz will pick up the slack. Schwartz yeah. will do it. And then Schwartz fucks Drops up and Sandoval ball. has to pick up the slack. I mean, that's the case with everything. I mean, even in his relationship, he doesn't know he doesn't know what to do. He calls Katie a Karen with her haircut. And she's like, do you ever want to have oh, sex ever for the rest of your so life? That was so funny. Like, a Karen with my haircut? Do you ever want to have sex again? Like, like it was so funny. I'm team Katie. But I'm not team Sandoval, but I'm definitely not team Schwartz. I know you're not team Schwartz. And like, I, I just feel bad because I, I mean, I don't feel bad, but I feel like, you know, he's probably the prettiest boy in his like hometown, moved to LA, was a model. Things just kind of happened for him. He moved in, got the money, got the girlfriend. Yeah, but got the but, show. But that was, but yes, but that's precisely why I'm wondering why he's being so entitled. Because yeah. we know he came from nothing. Yes. He came from very humble beginnings, and so you'd think that he would like pull himself up by his bootstraps and be and, Sandoval, and be Sandoval, working his ass off, trying super hard. But that just that needle has not been thread. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of Sandoval, also helping everyone. Again, he. I think he also does it just to feel good about himself. But, like, Sandoval basically planned this entire Coachella thing. I know, but it was perfect. I mean, it made me miss Coachella because, you know, I love the desert. And I just – I have so many great memories at Coachella. But from, like, the dancers to the food trucks to the margarita, like – to the the balloon, everything. It was just so well done and so beautiful. And, and it was yeah, so if cool I had been James, I probably would have had Sandoval do it in any way either. I mean, what was James going to do except for make me be a playlist for his right. DJ? Yeah, if I were James, I would have done the same thing. Sandoval is a party planner. It was a good move. Okay, should we talk about Brock and Sheena and the children in Australia? One Before that, I just do want to say I've been very hard on Raquel on this oh, podcast. yes. And, you know, I'm about, I'll gush over her engagement in two seconds. But before I get to that, 
I've always been really hard on her saying that she should just like, you know, suck it up, stand up for herself, be stronger, like try, you know, and seeing her talk to James today and seeing how, first of all, how great he is with her and how yes. great their relationship is. He loves her he so loves her very much. much. And it's nice to see this mature, you know, color on James. But with Raquel, when she was saying, well, I'm, I think I'm a pretty nice person to everyone else. Why am I so mean to me? Why am I so mean to myself? I was like, oof, that resonates. And that's, I'm really impressed with how far she's come. Cause I, I remember I started remembering like how she was when we first met her, what yeah. a fragile little bird she was. And she's still that bird, but she's, you know, much stronger now. The wings have taken flight a little bit more, but it was really sad to see her still struggling with that. But it's nice to see that James is there to support her and he gave, you know, trying to build her up, but also trying to make her feel secure in that. If there are days when you don't feel good, I'm here to make you feel good. Yeah. So it was very, very sweet. He's, yeah, he's really going to be a great husband. I know we're going to see next episode, Raquel's sister is going to be a little bit shady with how she thinks yeah. James is. But I think he's really proven himself in the past two years, opposed to like what he was at the beginning. They've been together for five years. He's grown up so much. Totally. Oh, and one more thing, Raquel, whatever um Western saloon girl oh outfit gosh. you have on in one of your confessionals, please do not wear it again. It was like Westworld cosplay. It was moment. very bizarre. Meets influencer. Interesting. Very, very weird. Um, And then before we get to... Actually, since we're talking about Sheena and Brock, let's talk about her mom first. Oh my gosh. And then we'll get into the Lala and Randall conversation. Like, yeah. She's so combative. Brock, yeah. Brock is, I'm sure, yeah, Brock is a little rough around the edges. There were a couple of things that he said that I was like a little like, ooh. But Brock seems overall like a pretty decent guy. Yeah. When it comes to him and Sheena and the baby. Yeah. And I just, it seems like Sheena's mom is here to fight and she's here to be combative. I don't think she likes Brock very much. I, you know, Again, every mother is different, but I know my mother would be insulted if I tried to pay her to take care of the grandkids because my mom is so loving Same. and wanting to. And I, yeah. I just think that's weird. I think hiring her and making her like well, be she's wet like a nurse stage and, mom. She needs, she wants Sheena's money. She wanted it, Sheena working. There's definitely since a baby June, Mama Rose vibe going on here. I, it was very bizarre. And then I'm pretty on board with Brock, but this whole backstory with his first wife when he got married at 20 and had two children. So and I then... don't think he was married at first. And I think there's some animosity between the two of them, which is why like this whole thing happened because I, it's one of two things. Like one, the one that I got from Sheena's side is that something happened where the mom doesn't want Brock seeing the kids anymore. And he has two kids. The last time he saw them was when he was in America because he said he took a photo with them at the Denver airport. So they must've visited. That was his last time seeing them. They have a new stepdad. The mom has completely cut him off. There's gotta be something there. And like, it could just be the mom is like, I, you know, we got had babies young. I don't want anything to do with you. You're in Australia. Now you or America. Now you've signed off on us or something happened and he had to run away. Yeah, it's very, very sticky. I was very much like Lala and Randall being like, I don't know how to feel about this, but my inclination is to not feel good. Yeah. And what spooked me was the preview for next week when Lala and Sheena are like shopping together and Lala says like, when did you first know that this was part of Brock's past? Because if Brock's a stand-up guy, it should have been one of the first things that he mentioned to her. Like, yeah. He like, should have said, you know, I when, have two kids. I have two kids. I have this past in Australia. I'm not on good terms with the mother. And because of that, I haven't been able to see my kids. It breaks my heart. I'm, I do what I can to support them, but it's a complicated situation. 
I that I understand. It's not pretty, but it's it's Something workable. And if not, if he if Sheena and and Brock have a connection and they have they have a daughter, marriage is on the horizon. I. I get why she would be like, okay, we, this is something we can work through. But I'm also like Lala where I'm like, I hope it's that and not the other way around. The other story is dark. Yeah, I agree. And we'll just have to see. But I also thought it was weird that Summer Moon shares a birthday with Brock's daughter, Winter. Yeah. Like, why would you make a connection to your first kids with those names if there wasn't, if you weren't hoping that there'd be a reconciliation, you know? Yeah. If you don't, then you're just a sociopath weirdo that's just trying to make weird connections and trying to. He I just wants to name all his kids after. It sounds like, though, that she, he's still in touch with the birth mother because she doesn't sound like she's thrilled about the fact that they're together and have moved on and that he's having other children. Yeah. I, I, I think we're going to, this will all get fleshed out in the reunion. I'm wondering if we'll get a phone call or a letter from the mother. I'd love oh. to just get her take. I would love her to video in. Bring her, like, the girl from Miami. Bring her onto the stage. Let's bring her to and the episode. And then I think the last part is just the big reveal of Rachella. I thought it looked great. I thought it was super fun. I, you know, James was the musical act. I, I would have been great if they found more. I don't know. It would have been fun if they could have, like, commissioned, like, two or three other bands to come play. I mean, you have to I know to make it's it, tough. It's COVID. It but... was COVID. So they really had to have the small group. But I was crying the whole time. Oh I my thought God. it was you... the most beautiful thing. I didn't cry, but I did love... I love that this is where Raquel and James have ended up. Yes. Because yes. we really didn't... There were times where we really didn't know where they were going to And she was go. so surprised and so happy. And Seeing he her so... seemed so... Ha- he was so nervous when, when he Sandoval first came. told everyone, so James just proposed to Raquel. Everyone the whole group freaked, out. freaked out. Which is such a change from like you know two three years ago when everyone wanted to fucking kill james like yeah it it was very special the fireworks like how okay i guess if they're doing it in india where coachella is they can get permits and stuff like this but like i just know that in palm springs you can't make any noise or do anything fun down there yeah. without getting fucking in trouble so i'm wondering if they got permits for all those i'm assuming fireworks I'm sure and all the loud brother got. was like we will pay the fines or whatever we want to get this done yeah but great episode of epr it's Firing off on all cylinders at the top of the season. I'm very happy. Well, staying in Beverly Hills, let's go and visit our housewives and talk about part one of the four part reunion. It's just starting. Just great that it's starting off on a high note because, you know, we last four parter, I feel like was Atlanta and it was a snooze fest. Mm -hmm. It was just felt like four just to be four. It felt like a, yeah, it felt like a reach. felt like a struggle. Yes. This felt like easy breezy. I thought Sutton looked great. Dorit looked great. Everyone, I thought it was so interesting that Garcelle and Kyle are sitting next to each other. So I think the reason they did that was because we got Dorit and Rena not on the same page as Garcelle. So you have to separate them. Separate them. Sutton and Garcelle are a pair. So you have to keep them together. Kyle is technically Sutton's other friend. And her and Garcelle technically made up. But Crystal's really the group friend group now with Garcelle and Sutton. And it was, it, it would have been, if the three of them were on a couch, it would have been the Foxy Fierce Five or whatever that group basically against those three, which I think is where we're going to move into next season with Kyle kind of stuck in the middle. Sure. Well, I think crystal too, I think is going to be in the middle as well. Cause I seeing how she kind of advocated and piped in this first part when she felt she needed to. First of all, I love that she's doing that. Second of all, she was kind of being pretty fair. I I feel like she and Kyle are going to be like the peacemakers of the group, the Cynthia Bailey's, if you will, like the, the, the solid rocks. I love that we're in a simulation of Kathy's house. I I thought that was so funny. There's no other place we should be. This is Kathy's season. I guess the biggest things are Erica Sutton and Garcelle. I feel like those are the biggies that we covered. I mean, Erica's going to be the whole time, but 
all I could, I kept writing for Erica. She's such a genius. She's so crazy. Like this is an amazing courtroom look she's sporting, but from the, from the beautiful hair to the modest makeup, modest for Erica to the very conservative, like lavender dress. Like she is practicing for trial. It, it, and it, it really worked. I mean, Part of the way. I do want to say that, like, if she was on trial, there were some things that I had issues with. I, as a jury member, would be like, I'm not buying this The alleged. No. Yeah. yeah, Saying her, (laughs) the alleged victims of Tom's alleged misdoings. She didn't even say crimes. And, like, her, someone else said, don't you want to grow? And she was like, not at this age. I'm I'm fine. I'm sad, honey. Like, it's, like... The Take looks out that don't first match. alleged and we might be able to get somewhere, you Maybe. know? Maybe. But yeah, if, if your actions and your words aren't matching your look, girl, it's not, I'm not, I'm no. not going to be sold. I was really, I was impressed though that she is ready to be cross-examined. You know, regardless of whether or not you believe her or you're on her side or not, I just, she came ready to go. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it was interesting. She was saying she was her lawyers told her not to do the show and she was debating not doing the show. She's like, but I had a job to do. And I was like, uh, maybe you shouldn't have done the show because now, as we know, they're like asking for all of the footage from Beverly Hills from Bravo. Like Bravo has been subpoenaed. Yeah. But see, that's the thing is that is something that I go back to that. I, I think it leans me to believe that Erica really believes in her own innocence. Okay. So she wants to make sure the record that she has some control of the narrative in the record. Okay. Cause you can only do so much with Instagram. Again, I'm yeah. not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that I think that's where her head's at, but truly a real life Roxy Hart in the making. Oh my gosh. But we not just saw as, Chicago and it was spot on. Oh, it was by the way, Chicago on Broadway right now guys is really solid, really strong. They have a really good cast. So check it out now before that changes. <laughs> um, anyway, and I thought, I thought Sutton's package was hilarious. I thought she got read for filth. I'm growing on her. I, I think I can say that I like her now. But her- the big stuff was really about. Oh, and let's all let's let like. I'm sorry, I can't move on without mentioning that she almost burned Kyle's house. Down. Okay, she almost blew up Kyle's house, and she blew up her relationship. I mean, she didn't blow it up, but the fact that she was broken up with on a trip on Valentine's Day, and him just saying, "I can't." I mean. I hate to say it. Do you think that she's been said that a lot? Like that she's been told that a lot that like, <laughs> that I mean, well, I, no, I, I mean, just can't. You're too much. I what mean, was the comparison you made that was so fucking spot on before? Oh, uh, Carrie in sex in the city with the post-it the post- note. It was literally, it sounded like she, it was a post-it note breakup for, yeah, so that is and But if that is not on point, I don't know what is. Yeah. I guess the biggest stuff though, that was talked about was, Garcelle like we touched on her storyline this season you know um, her not feeling accepted by the group her feeling like an outsider for multiple reasons I do agree and see where she's coming from in terms of being an outsider I get that okay I get that even though the ladies might not be doing this on purpose that just the element of race does play a factor and that you know the element of the women being so close before Garcelle got into the group plays a factor yeah that I totally get I do get where Dorit and Rinna are coming from a little bit though, where if you have an issue and something irks you, just come pull me aside immediately and just tell me. Okay. And then if I keep doing it, by all means be passive aggressive and make comments and digs because I'm clearly not getting it. And maybe this is another tactic you can use, but yes, coming from a place of, um, you know, shadiness, or I'm going to say this for my confessionals, or I'm going to be, you know, passive aggressively catty. It's not working. And 
it's causing this weird friction that I don't think needs to be there. Like even after Dorit and Garcelle kind of went at it, they both were like, we really don't have a problem with each other. Like it seems like a silly fight. Well, I feel like both of them are kind of like just inventing things in my head. And as much as Garcelle is as, Dorit said passively what is it passively provocative yes passively provocative which I kept I kept singing in my head like passively provocative like that, you know that, <laughs> like, like a Brady Spears jam yeah, I'm you dead. know but I mean I think they both are in a sense because I mean Dorit yeah did have that one instance where she called her out at Lisa Rena's event but for the same at the same time like both of them are just kind of being shady to each other and like it, it, they need to just have a conversation which I'm I mean not only them, but also Rena and Garcelle, which I'm glad that they finally did because it felt like they were everyone's kind of dancing around the topic of just like having real conversations and feeling like, I don't know, with the whole Lisa thing where she was basically accused by Garcelle of saying something that she heard from someone who heard from someone that she didn't want Garcelle to be on the show because she didn't want race being a factor. I agreed with Lisa being like, then you should have come to me Like that is something so hurtful and crazy to say that like the fact that you're waiting until now is indicative of the fact that a, you really didn't hear that or B you heard it and you didn't believe it. And now you're bringing it up now. Like it just, and that was the thing is like, she, she was so quick to forgive Lisa Renna at the reunion that I was like, I think she just said this to say this, to have something of being like, this is why I treated you the way Rina, I did all like, I'll, We are the first women that Marina is a producer and there are a lot of moments yes. that are really fake and put on. Yes. But her reaction felt very like, wait a second, that is so fucked up and you know that's not true and yeah. we've been friends for so long and I was so happy to, for that you were coming on the show. Like, no, we're but, not going to do that. But I'm, and I'm glad that she went over and they made up and I'm glad that Garcelle seems to be in a better place with Rena now seems to hopefully be in a better place with Dorit. But... Because they were screaming at each other, and I was just shocked. I was like, "These Garcelle, two, I may speak." Like, yeah, it was, it's like it was... we've been letting you speak for years, Dorit. Like, let Garcelle speak as well. But I, I want Garcelle to feel more. I don't know. I understand where she's coming from, where she's the only black woman in the cast. She feels like an outsider all the time, so she doesn't feel like she can speak up all the time, or the way she'll be betrayed if she does, because she doesn't want to be framed as like a stereotype, which I completely understand. But at the same time. If, if she, she's damned if she does, she damned if she's, if she doesn't at the end of the day, because then she's being called passively provocative because she's not being actively, you know, combative like these other women. It's, it's a hard road and a hard line that Garcelle has to tow. And I feel, I feel for her because that must be so hard to navigate it all. But at the same time, like, I hope that these interactions at the reunion offer her a little bit more comfortability and understanding to where she can be herself on screen. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm glad that there's this like nuanced kind of conversation going on. We're like, you know, Garcelle, like everyone has a legitimate point of view, I think. Yeah. And it's just ironing the stuff out. At least we're talking about it. Unlike fucking New York where we yeah. literally ran away from it and we didn't, didn't brush on it at all. Wild. So it was a great part one. I'm excited for the other th- oh God, three, three parts. Parts. Left. I, I saw someone online said like happy Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion month for all who celebrate because it's, <laughs> it's four weeks. It's truly a month and it's the Super Bowl and it's literally four weekends like of Super Bowl. Like it's we're the luckiest people in the world. We are. And yeah, I'm thrilled that we uh, 
that we did this, that we're back on uh, our schedule. Back on the sketch. So y'all, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts, be sure to like, rate us, and review us, whether that is on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. And we are on Instagram for Hot and Bravo, so be sure to follow us there. That's H-O-T-N-B-R-A-V-O-D. Eddie, do you have anything else? I think that's it. I think we we mentioned mentioned it all. all. And we will see y'all next week. Adios.